0: Hello you beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people. Welcome to episode 2 of the Bitchin' Review. I managed not to say episode 3, yeah. I did well there. It's a good start already. Uh, but this is a brand new music review show brought to you by the Bitchin' Brew podcast. I think we can still call it brand new?
1: Yeah, I was just about to ask how long. I reckon after episode 3, yeah, the inclusion of the epic trilogy.
0: Well, do we include the episode 0 then? Episode zero, one, 1 and 2... Like, we
1: made it over the three-episode hub. Provided we'll we do episode three, and then we'll stop saying brand new. Okay. I think. Um,
0: my name's Danny Randon, um, and as ever, I'm joined by the sexiest man in music podcasting. <laughs> uh, part-time podcaster, full-time, terrific sex bastard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Brad Thorne, how are you, sir? I'm, I'm good, yeah. I've, I'm even better now that <laughs> done that for my self-esteem I've been called many, many things but Terrific Sex bars. I think that's your your new Twitter bio yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, this is episode
0: number two and we're going to be talking about uh, the noteworthy music releases from February we're going to be talking about albums from Swimmers Uh, we're going to be talking about Ithaca Uh, seeing you trying to contain your excitement about talking (laughs) about that one we're going to be talking about albums from uh, Spielberg's as well, uh, the new EP from Preston Miko, uh, the new albums from Queen Z, uh, Astronoid, uh, Wow
1: Nows, and then Health. It might be the most diverse Oh gotcha. song, the show we've done so far. For
0: sure, for sure. Uh, and we're also going to be talking about a couple of live shows that we've been to as well, because, mm-hmm. oh, oh, <laughs> wow, oh like doing that Vic Reeves thigh rub <laughs> I've started this on a lot like I'm really horny all of a sudden we're not even on the beers yet I mean it is a beautiful day
1: it's a beautiful day yeah
0: this, this is kind of a new environment for us in recording bitch and Review mm-hmm. I know we've obviously only done two episodes before but both times we've been sat in a car in a, in a car park in Southampton yeah, after
1: work after work we've both been a little tired we can't really get on the beers as such my enthusiasm for life is significantly higher now yeah for then, sure then it then it is that sounds quite bad, but <laughs> like it's
0: a lovely distraction from the inevitable heat death of the universe mm-hmm. yeah,
1: but we are getting on the beers
0: i I've had like four hours' sleep. it's about so I never really talk about work on the podcast, but as some people might know who listen to this, I do work two jobs at the moment, and I do currently work in a, a sort of a Belgian uh, specialty bar, mm-hmm. but I thought I would bring back some Belgian beers for you yeah. to try, you're a guest in my home right now <laughs> and I wanted to be a, be a good host, so I decided, you you quite like IPAs usually do, right, yeah. so I got you something from oh, the uh, Tverset brewery in Belgium that makes some cracking beers and this one is a hoppy pale ale called Rebel Local uh, and it's got the weird <laughs> subtitle of Piss Off. <laughs> um, it's an eight percent hoppy pale ale. Lovely. You don't need to be driving at all today, do you? No. Okay, that's good then. So I'd be very interested to see. Um, oh, that's a good sound, isn't it? Do you want a glass?
1: Um, I'll just go from the bottle. I think. You just go from the bottle. Yeah. That's
0: cool. Oh yeah. That's, that's good. good. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Um, I've gone for i um, I've gone for a bottle of. I, I'm not usually a fan of blonde beers. I find the fermented taste is. A little bit off-putting sometimes. Yeah. But I've gone for a blonde beer because I actually really like this one. It's called Pater. Um Don't ask me what that means in, <laughs> in uh, Flemish or Dutch. Um, Stimulo Blonde. Uh, and I like this one because it's actually got like a, a sort of... Almost like a parallel. It's sort of a hi- uh, hazy, more citrusy blonde beer. Mm-hmm. So that's... all. Oh, mm. And that is the sound of me rushing to... <laughs> Not spill it everywhere, because it fizzed over. Spillage well, is lickage, uh, mostly though. Mostly successful. Mostly. Oh, God, it's gone fucking everywhere. <laughs> Such a strong start. <laughs> um, but, hey, cheers, buddy. Cheers. Here's to getting over the three-episode hump. Yeah. Uh, mine is how many... What percentage? This one's only 6%. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's the... It. It's got a sort of... Uh, this one's got almost like a, a sort of a lemony haze to it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm talking about this like proper like a connoisseur. What What's the beer equivalent of like a sommelier? You know, you have like a um you. Yes, yes. Y- you
1: are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Would you like to try that one? Um yeah, I'll have a. What? I'm not quite so keen on that. No. This um, I wonder if it's because I just washed down mine with that. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, not quite so keen on that one. Well... I don't think, but.
0: I should say a couple of little things before we get into talking about albums and live shows. Um, I understand that we haven't had a regular episode of Bitch and Brew throughout February at all, and um, I was meant to record an episode with uh, Father Son mm-hmm. uh, last week. Uh, they were in town on their um, on their latest UK headline tour. Um, it was all booked in. Gonna go meet up with the guys. They've been on the podcast before. Had a great time with them at Two Thousand Trees. So literally, just as I, uh, I parked up in Southampton, my headlights blew. No way. And I had to get home and get the car off the road while it was still legal to drive on the road without headlights because, obviously, without sounding like Mr Highway Code, you can't drive at yeah, line no, without headlights. Not, right. um, I was absolutely gutted, that I must say. That is a cruel uh, twist uh, of fate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's just the situation that the, the law of sod... Had decided Ancient to, to sod. yeah, decided to decree to me that day. I'll definitely be looking to get Father Son back on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I've also just been feeling ill as fucking sin. Yeah. So when I when I kind of got home, I, I was you know I was gutted to miss the show because I, I think Father Son are always great live and always great guys to hang out with. But mm-hmm. I was not feeling a hundred percent anyway. No. So. But I would like to, you know, apologise to the band, uh, also to Angela, their wonderful uh, PR, a uh, uh, devil PR. Or oh, she wasn't even their full-time PR. She was standing in for, uh, for Matt Hughes, who's just had um, another baby. Wow. Hey, congratulations, Matt. So yeah, so I just wanted to drop that in. Obviously, we're doing two bitching review shows, sort of back to back, and I'm hoping that, you know normal service, whatever normal service is for bitch and brew. <laughs> I never put too much pressure on myself to release like a weekly mm. show or anything, it's just whenever we can and whenever I feel like it really. Yeah. But normal service will resume shortly and we're looking to get some more sort of normal podcasts recorded as well as the these lovely monthly reviews that you get from terrible sex bastard <laughs> terrific sex bastard. <laughs> <people. laughs> you've turned heel you've gone from (laughs) terrific to terrible sex bastard Um, should we talk about some live shows yeah Yeah. alright then Uh, so am I right in thinking you've only been to one show since since our last episode and we're going to talk about that one in a minute because I was also at that live show and oh oh (laughs) (laughs) um I I went to one other show um I went up to go and see the greatest rock and roll band on the planet um Greta Van Fleet obviously <laughs> uh no I went to go and see uh the real saviors of rock and roll the dirty nil uh friends of the podcast obviously mm-hmm. uh they were doing a one off UK headline show at the Moth Club in Hackney uh, which I should say it's the weirdest fucking venue ever (laughs) honestly have you ever been to the Moth Club right I I think uh, uh, Big Scary Monsters did some stuff there as part of their BSM Big Day Out which I was gutted to have missed but um, it's weird because it's like an old sort of social club but the ceiling is covered in gold glitter and the sort of (laughs) backdrop to the stage is just gold tassels so it's like a, a weird sort of 70s glam rock bar mixed with like an old boys social club. It kind of sounds
1: great for the Dirty Nill, actually. Yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, I just... I can't imagine Gerald enjoying his 70th birthday with a pint of bitter in a place that's just <laughs> sort of covered in gold glitter and tassels. It's it's a, it's a cool, little, cool little dive, though, to be yeah. fair. 300 people. It was pretty much sold out. Um, spoiler alert, if you haven't listened to our albums of 2018 special... Which has been out for nearly three months now. so yeah, no I mean, excuses. Really. Yeah, exactly. But Master Volume was my album of the year and I think I would stick by that. Yeah. I, I still listen to that album a good three, four times a week and it just instantly lifts me. Um, what was interesting about this show is that, that Ross, their bassist, um, actually broke his hand a couple of weeks before the tour. Um, but I think he had all his visas and tickets booked and all of that, all of that mm-hmm. sorted. So he decided to come on the on the tour anyway. Obviously, he couldn't play bass, so he had uh, John from Billy Talent uh, filling in for him on bass. Um, but that kind of left Ross to not necessarily just hang out backstage or at the merch store or whatever. But he picked up a mic and just bounced around the stage the whole night. Um, uh, the the instant comparison that I made after the gig was that he was a mixture of Bez and Elwood Blues of the Blues <laughs> Brothers, because he was just, you know, he, he had the sunglasses on. Yeah. Just, I don't know if you've seen videos of the show at all of him just sort of passing the mic out to the audience and dancing of around like a lunatic, yeah. like like he usually does, just without a bass <laughs> around his neck. Um honestly the Dirty nil know how to walk on stage at a sweaty dive Mm -hmm. and play it like it's Wembley fucking stadium Uh, we both saw them at the joiners uh, and they played to a half full room it was really sort of sad to see actually yeah it was um, uh, you know so it was great to actually go somewhere where they were playing to a packed out room Um, they've really settled into the newer songs off of Master Volume so they played pretty much the whole album Mm -hmm. not in uh, like chronological order, but it was just kind of interspersed throughout the set. Yeah. Uh, and hearing songs like Super 8 and Alfie Descend on the set, having as sort of prominent a role as like you know the stuff that's been pretty well established in the set mm-hmm. at this point. So like Wrestle Y you- Tuscan Do is always like a set highlight, or uh, you know uh, fucking up young. Uh, you know they those newer songs stand toe to toe now with the with the quote unquote sort of staples of the Dirty Nil set. Mm-hmm. Um I to be honest, I don't think there's any lowlights in a Dirty Nil show <laughs> these days. Um Luke Bentham is arguably the sexiest man in in rock and roll at least. I know we we're talking about Greg Pacato before we <laughs> well, we've been recording for like over an hour now, but we were talking before the official intro to the show about Greg Pacato just you know, I'd let him crush my head like a grape in his sort of in a bicep curl. <laughs> but Luke Bentham, he's just kind of that. He's such a tart and a and a and a bit of a scumbag. He just knows that he's like a piece of shit. <laughs> he but has a real cool factor as well. Yeah, he just completely owns that personality, and I think he's the embodiment of of rock and roll swagger. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a good old fashioned Hellraiser. Of of a rock and roll show, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. Um, how 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 did you? We didn't really talk about their show at the joiners. I know it was a long long time ago now, but uh, and you nearly <laughs> broke your face um, <laughs> at at the show, despite
1: it only being half full. I always managed to hurt myself somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really really enjoyed it, and I think it also made. The newer album make a lot more sense to me because yeah. I wasn't as on board with it straight away, and I think I still do prefer the first album. Okay. Um, not there's much in it. I love them both. Yeah. Um, it's a great show, and they, I agree with everything you're saying. Really. Yeah. They've just got so much swagger and such a kind of. It seems so effortless. It's a thing. I think it doesn't seem like they're trying no. hard or anything. It's just such an effortless. No, they board. just.
0: They, they're they doing what they're doing yeah, you yeah. know they're not necessarily putting on a persona or anything they are uh, like that on stage and off stage yeah. I just love a band that has the commitment to rock and roll like that in yeah. this day and age yeah, it's without cool. making it seem very cynical or contrived mm. or whatever uh, so yeah uh, I was uh, God is dead long live the nil what can <laughs> I say um, so that was the dirty nil I couldn't miss an opportunity to go and see them live especially if it was a one off headline show yeah So the show that we both went to, Mm -hmm. uh, we went to go and see Vane uh, at the Joiners in Southampton. Um, Vane was in your top 20 arms of the year. Yeah. It very narrowly missed mine. I think it was in my honorable mentions. Um, Let's talk about Higher Power first. Yeah. Now, I'd not seen them before. You had seen them before, right? No. No, I'd seen them before.
1: Oh, sorry. I thought you'd seen them supporting Basement back in the day or something. No, no. No, I'd not caught them before. Right. Um but I think they've done quite a lot of support slots at the joiners Atlanta,
0: Yeah, so yeah, well they mentioned that on stage that every time they go there and mm. it's not the sort of every time we come here this crowd yeah. is the craziest <laughs> it felt like
1: it came from Very a more sincere, sincere yeah. place. So well if the crowd or anything to go by. Oh god gotcha. yeah really um got the crowd going. I mean I knew it was popping off from the absolute
0: start <laughs> yeah. of the from when doors opened. I, I saw a little bit of narrowhead uh, literally only about like the last two songs, so I can't really give you that much of an informed opinion. Mm-hmm. It was a nice contrast to the rest of the night where they were more sort of a straight-up alt-rock band. Yeah. Um, but the place was packed already, and I was like, oh, God, it's it's going off. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Higher Power, um, I thought they were bloody great. Yeah, I was really impressed with it. Um, I think when you think about like the dichotomy of modern hardcore, mm-hmm. um, certainly the bands that... Draw more of an interest. There are some bands that sort of sit in the middle that I'm just like they're just there. Yeah. But when you think about the the dichotomy of significantly interesting hardcore bands, you've got the really sort of boundary pushing heavy shit. I suppose you could call it. Yeah. Experimental, left of center, multi sensory overload. You material. You code oranges. You sort of. Your Jesus piece. Uh, I suppose you could include Vein in that category yeah. as well. And then on the other side, you've got the bands who are doing like the real cool nineties throwbacks to to alt rock and uh, mm-hmm. you know bits of Soundgarden and yeah, uh, it, like early Pearl Jam, sort of the more upbeat side of things. Mm-hmm. Like, but still having a sort of a basis in hardcore mm-hmm. and like thinking about like Life of Agony and uh, yeah, going definitely. back to like you know the where. Uh, hardcore almost became like post-hardcore originally mm-hmm. uh, you know bands like Turnstile and Angel Dust who we're going to yeah. be chatting about in next month's show because mm-hmm. they've got their album coming out um, I think Higher Power definitely rests in the latter definitely, of yeah. the two I think a Turnstile comparison would maybe be a bit lazy but there is a definite similarity in energy
1: yeah yeah I'd say so um, sonically I think there are definitely differences. Mm. But um, yeah, they definitely bring a similar energy. Yeah. But I guess with it being hardcore, energy is absolutely one of the kind of defining factors. Of for hardcore, sure. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I thought there was tons of bounce, tons yeah. of like new metal groove, mm-hmm. which was great. Tons of like proper proper 90s new metal, not like
1: the sort of, you know, turn of the century Limp biscuit sort of new metal. Yeah. Or and a real fun aspect as yeah. well. Yeah. They were kind of dancing on the stage. And yeah, the their bassist. And the, I, was, yeah. I was completely transfixed. <laughs> yeah, by. Um, they just looked like they were having the best time.
0: Absolutely, and yeah. I love love that when you get that out of a hardcore band. Yeah, um, but Vane, I mean, I I saw videos before of Vane playing live. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you know the YouTube channel Hate Five Six. No, that put up loads of sort of live sets from hardcore festivals okay. it's really good you should check I'll it out. Check out loads of like Code Orange and Twitching Tongues and old Nails videos and stuff mm-hmm. um, uh, really sort of captures the energy of the hardcore shows uh, so I'd seen loads of videos from when they'd filmed them uh, obviously their Audio Tree Session I watched Yeah. so watching that I kind of knew that they could pull off those sounds live and I was like I've got to fucking see this because yeah. The album actually on reconsideration would probably make it into my top twenty now mm-hmm. if I had a little bit of a, a sort of a shuffle. Yeah. Um not in that way. <laughs> <laughs> um I was not expecting one of the most frightening live sets I think I've ever experienced. Yeah. It was fucking brutal. <laughs> yeah, it was really scary, yeah. Um I'm going to talk in a bit about an album that creates a really sort of suspenseful feeling with, with electronics and synths. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't notice until they started is that, um, I mean, we kind of missed the beginning of the set. Do you want to talk about this?
1: <laughs> what, that I ran off? You ran off? Yeah. To the pub across the road? you <laughs> you to w- have a poo. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, really glad I did, considering what happened you know, I think that set and that and that low end yeah. well, probably would have made me shit myself. <laughs> <if I hadn't. laughs> so um, I'm really bloody glad I did get that out of the way first. So but yeah, we did miss like sort of the very beginning.
0: Yeah. So I, I'm I'm also kind of glad that we weren't right in the thick of it. We're kind of you know like <laughs> halfway back perished. in the venue. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. <laughs> um. So not realizing until they started that they have an extra member live to focus on. ...samples and... Yeah, I was surprised to
1: see that as well. It really pushes that element front and centre. Yeah. Which is cool because it's something that actually sets them apart. For sure. For yeah. sure. I mean... ...the rest of the band... ...do put in the work yeah.
0: to be on a, on the same level as the electronics. Yeah. Because they were going to like... ...turn the electronics up, we want to make this as loud as possible. And it was blisteringly loud. Yeah. Um I mean... It was just ridiculously intense. Yeah. Um, Their front man, is it Anthony
1: Didio? Yeah, yeah. He was literally bouncing off the walls. Yeah, at one point I thought he was going to pull the lightning rod down. Uh, yeah, at, there at several points, he yeah. was kind of hanging off things and yeah. sort of trying to sort of scale the walls if he could. If For like. sure, he
0: he was like actually doing the somersaults into the walls, yeah, which yeah. was mad. And you know that uh, those ledges on the if you've been to the joiners, you'll know where you put your beer, when where you, you put your beer, where you finish. Basically, <laughs> yeah. uh, he was walking on those to jump into the crowd yeah. and basically get as far into the crowd as he could. Yeah. And then just like like I was saying, somersaulting into the walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't just about him though. Like the guitarist, the, I don't know his name, but the guy with the shaved head, yeah, just menacing. Yeah, just actually terrifying presence. Yeah, um, and I honestly think they've got one of the best rhythm sections out there at the moment. <laughs> yeah, their drummer has obviously been raised like you can tell the amount of Joey Jordison that influences their drummer. Yeah. And the amount of crazy shit that he can pull off while still being intense yeah.
1: is incredible. I, I thought they were fucking brilliant. Yeah, that real kind of palpable sense of fear was something I can't remember actually really ever experiencing because because of my or our age, you know, I wasn't there when the Dillinger Escape Plan turned up or when no. still Not first came to the UK or anything. Yeah. So I can't actually remember feeling that that real sense of, of fear and intensity in a room that small before. Yeah, I
0: mean, I spoke about that Code Orange show I went to last year. Which yeah, I've in, still not seen it. College. Was it was in a room twice the size, and they did give off like proper horror movie atmosphere at times. Mm-hmm. But I think the only time that something like Vain has really truly paralleled that kind of intense atmosphere was when uh, the only time I saw the Dillinger Escape Plan, which was at Download Festival. Yeah. Uh, when they did their sort of final UK. I think it was their final UK show, is, yeah. and it was just the way they ended it on forty three percent burn. That that diss- Eller- du- yeah. brauch- do- do- yeah. It's just the like the way it jabs at <polite tiver sunny> Noel- you yeah, was yeah. just the most intense thing I've ever seen uh, live, and uh, and they opened on Prancer as well, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, yes. um, so I think that's the only thing that kind of parallels it.
1: Yeah, I mean, for a band to be turning up like with their first it's their debut album it's their it? yeah. debut album and
0: also brevity 20 they played for 25 minutes yeah played a final sample the he who thinks all the time is left
1: with nothing but his thoughts something like that it's yeah. it, it, it kind of like self-help speeches that were yeah. like chopped up and and distorted super in between songs it really added weird. yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and then, you know, the the synth stutters a little bit, it stops, they turn off their
1: amps, they get the fuck out of yeah, there. Yeah, it ended so abruptly, I can remember sort of standing there staring at the stage like I was kind of yeah. shell-shocked. I had <laughs> like, wave my hand in front of on your on shoulder. shoulder like, it, Hello? You head off? Anyone like, yeah, home? <laughs> I was properly, yeah. Oh, I thought, so was so glad.
0: I, I mean, it was, I know it's early to call, but if, I mean, if anyone... Gives off an atmosphere like that. A uh, gig again yeah, later be very this year. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, if you, uh, I think their UK tour is wrapped up at this point. I think hasn't so, it? Yeah. But people who were there, I mean, they'll they know, know.
1: They know. They know. If you know, you know. Yeah, and
0: if they get back uh, to, uh, over to the UK this year for any hardcore fest or indeed for another tour, then absolutely unmissable live band. Yeah. Fame. Do you take earplugs? <laughs> yeah. Because it was just fucking loud. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Right, it's time to talk about some albums. Yeah. Uh, So we're starting with Swimmers, Mm -hmm. um, and their second album, uh, or fourth if you include uh, the albums when they were uh, called uh, Emily's Army. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's the second album from the Californian pop punk uh, four piece, Um, not from Berkeley, but from Oakland, Mm -hmm. California. Um they broke out in twenty sixteen with the album drive north um mm-hmm. and I think they also broke out with a little bit of help from the fact that their drummer uh Joey Armstrong, is the son of mr punk rock jesus himself <laughs> uh, Billy Joe Armstrong from green day mm-hmm. i was um i i I must admit I was very indifferent towards swimmers uh before this album. Um, and I don't think I'd actually listen to Drive North in its entirety. No, at all.
1: I, I was completely not. I wasn't unaware of them, but yeah. I had no kind of prior knowledge of them. really. I was
0: potentially put off by the company that they keep, because they do go on tour with some awesome bands. that went on tour with the Interrupters, and yeah. uh, but they they were also going on tour with All Time Low at the same time and Water yeah, Parks. Sure. So I think that was what was. I know it's kind of a bit harsh to kind well, of put Well, you them like in. what you like, don't you? For if sure. If they
1: go on tour with bands that you don't necessarily like, then it's it's going to yeah. put you off.
0: And also, I think it's important when you listen to a band like Swimmers who are in a position where there's some, you know, there's some family connections to sure. to legends, and I, I think it's quite hard for a band to break out of a, a certain shadow. Sure, yeah. And I, I've i completely listened to this out I've must admit at times I've completely forgotten that there is a, a sort of a genetic tie to Green Day. Yeah. So again, I think much like we were talking about with um, with the Fever three 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 record mm-hmm. about the sort of past and where it's come from, I sure. think you kind of have to judge it on its own. Definitely. Um I was very intrigued to hear that they were heavily inspired by British music. Oh really? For for this album. Yeah, they did an interview on the Radio One Rock show where they said like one of their biggest influences was Damon Albarn. Interesting. For this album. And I think you have to commend a band like Swimmers for, you know, if you pardon the pun, trying to swim <laughs> um, against the current like they do on this album. Sure, yeah. Um, there are definite nods to uh, The Clash yep. and and then that sort of first wave of, of post-punk. Mm-hmm. So bands like Wire and Gang of Four in particular, Public yeah. Image Limited... Not necessarily bands that I've gone massively in on, really. When no. I When I'm, like, post-punk, I'm more of the sort of Susie and the Banshees, Bauhaus, The Cure yeah, kind of thing, as we've yeah. spoken about before. But, yeah. you know, definitely more of the sort of the, the British twang
1: to it, if you will. Yeah, maybe the more, like, indie kind of song. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. The sort of precursor to, to indie rock, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I do think this album falls victim to opening on its best track. Interesting. Okay. I,
1: I um I have also got that it's very front loaded. Okay. Um but my favorite track is the second one. Uh, too, too much, much coffee. coffee, too much coffee really hits this massive soft spot. I don't know if we've spoken about this before, but I have a huge soft spot for that kind of indie sound and I didn't know that they were inspired by um Damon Albarn, but mm. now you say that it makes a lot of sense about yeah. why it hits that kind of soft spot that I have. Mm. Um, Are are you more of a blur man than an oasis man? Oh, for sure. Okay, good, you can stay. (laughs) That's good. Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think... I I like Too Much Coffee. I think my favourite song is still the title track. So the opening track, "Berkeley's On Fire. It has a sort of... um, When I say metallic guitar tone, I don't necessarily mean like, you know... Like shredding thrash metal guitar no, the, tone, but it has kind of
1: distorted, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And, it, and it has
1: um, not necessarily an artificial tone, but an almost industrial esque tone to it, I suppose. Yeah, I sort of noted that it had that when you listen to a lot of kind of indie music or kind of more mid noughties enemy yeah. they have an almost programmed drum sound to them, right? yeah, and I think it's kind of got that with the drum sound in that open It track. almost
0: reminded me, and I'm not necessarily a fan of them, but it almost reminded me of Franz
1: Ferdinand. That kind of band yeah. is definitely a, a touch point for this whole album, but I was very, very surprised when this album started, because I've never listened to a Swimmer's song before, Yeah, um, and I had in my head what they were going to sound like. Did you think they were going to sound like waterparks? Yeah, yeah, yeah for Park sure. State Champs, Against one of those, the current, you know, yeah, bands one of those like that. bands, and um, I was incredibly surprised. Yeah, when I heard what I heard. Uh, there are moments on this record,
0: and I'll be interested to see what you think of this comparison. That remind me of the Culture Abuse record from last year. Yes, um, they're, I mean they're both Bay Area bands. Obviously, yeah. Culture Abuse from San Francisco. Um, and it has that stoned summery feel slacker kind slacker of. for sure yeah uh, there's a song called Trashbag Baby which has uh, a, I think it's pretty good it has a decent pace to it yeah uh, Hellboy yeah later on the I know we said it's quite front loaded but towards the end of the album yeah that and, is kind of a
1: jammer towards the end yeah.
0: yeah yeah this just goes all out sort of straight down the middle punk rock really yeah um, Ikea Date was a song that I think will be very divisive I really like IKEA date because I think it sounds almost like it's quite twee, yeah. in, indie drama soundtrack kind of stuff. Like I can imagine it being on like a film like Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist yeah. or Five Hundred Days of Summer. I mean, there is literally a, an IKEA date scene in <laughs> yeah. in Five Hundred Days of Summer, and uh, there's something slightly romantic about the the playing house in IKEA. I really uh,
1: did not com- like. Did you I not? actually was listening to this album again on the, on the train here and had to skip that song because I've just listened to it too many times now. I, I don't like that song at all. Wow, okay. But maybe I just hate love. <laughs> it's, um, it's been set. Maybe you've just been hurt too many times. <laughs> um,
0: but I mean, it's funny you say that because there are some moments on this album which are just toilet... Yeah. Um, There's a song called Lose, Lose, Lose. (laughs) Um, It's interesting what you said about mid noughties indie music, because I think that goes from, you know, sounding slightly interesting, like Franz Ferdinand. I don't think you can say that Franz Ferdinand were not an interesting band. Yeah,
1: I I put Block Party as well, a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, this is nowhere near the quality of Block Party. It just sounds a bit cynical, is I think that song's just bullshit, really. Yeah. Um. It does have some some nice vocal intonations mm-hmm. in the in the course from is it Cole Becker? Yes. Their their lead yeah. singer. Yeah. Um, but then the the real sort of st- uh, the real sort of stinkers for me on this album. There's a song called mm-hmm. April in Houston, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the final track as well. Dave got robbed. Yeah. Um. Right. That last track in particular. It sounds like Sugar Ray (laughs) trying to make like a chip tune record, like Sugar Ray gone eight bit. Yeah, it's fucking dreadful. It's really bad. Yeah, it's
1: really bad. I think one thing that this record, you know, no matter what you think of it, I think, like you said about the company they keep, at least it's interesting and it's dynamic, and it. I don't think um, there is a real. I think there is a real comparison to to Culture Abuse in the whole vibe. Yeah. And I think if there's a there's a place for bands like Swimmers, and if someone can get into bands like Culture Abuse and and some of the bands that Swimmers are being inspired by. Well, for sure. Through this album, because it's yeah. slightly more palatable. Yeah. And and pop and radio friendly. And from Culture Abuse, you could go to Turnstile. Exactly. From Turnstile, exactly. you could go to Every Time I Die. Yeah. <laughs> and and then to Vane. And <laughs> for sure, <laughs> um, it's all connected. Yeah, they, um, they, they don't kind of offend me in the way that no. the company they keep does.
0: I can't say for a second that I'm indifferent towards this record. Uh, I, I, I can't say that it does nothing for me because it does do something for me. Mm-hmm. I think Berkeley's on fire is actually one of my favourite songs from this year so far. Yeah, it gets it's a real
1: earworm. It has that cheekiness and. Definitely. And, cockiness. Yeah. Um, and I have to say that we um, obviously get a little while to listen to the albums when we do Yeah, show. I've had a good couple of weeks and, to, um, to this one. We've had some sun lately. and yeah. This record made a lot more sense to me when that sun came out when I was walking to work listening to it. Yeah. It, does, it starts to make a lot more sense.
0: Mm. I don't know if at the end of the year, I, you know, I don't know if I'll be in a rush to revisit it any time soon and I I definitely don't think I'll be talking about it again at the end of the year if you know what I mean yeah um I mean I could be wrong but I would like to think that with the start that it's had that 2019 will be a year where this sort of this this quality of album I think is a good album yeah um but it's far from perfect mm-hmm. agreed um and I don't like the idea of 2019 being a year where an album like that could be in my top 20. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's, I, I found myself pleasantly surprised by it. So yeah. that's Berkeley's On Fire by Swimmers. Swimmers spell S-W-M-R-S. Because yeah. they're just one of those bands. <laughs> yeah. Right, so the next album is... Um, I, think you've been looking forward to talking about this one <laughs> yeah. for a little while. You tried to sneak this one into the January episode if I can <laughs> recall. Um it did come out at the beginning of February. Yeah. So uh, we've had a little while to sit with this one and uh, oh boy you need a while I think. Yeah. It is the long awaited debut album from Ithaca. Yeah. Uh, Ithaca uh hotly tipped hardcore mob from uh London. Um, the album's called *The Language of Injury*. Mm-hmm. I should say it's uh, long-awaited because we had an EP from them in 2015 called *Trespassers*. Yeah. Is that where you
1: first heard them? No, I, I, they're quite a recent um, discovery. Yeah, me too.
0: Me. Yeah, but I know, in retrospect, going back and realising that that EP actually left quite a mark on the on the scene for yeah, sure. Definitely, which is mm-hmm. why
1: this album's been so
0: yeah. anticipated. So, like I said, this one came out right at the beginning of the month on Holy Raw Records. <laughs> oh, look at that. It's another fucking awesome, heavy record from Holy Raw.
1: We're definitely not sponsored by Holy Raw. By definitely way, not, but I mean... albums turns up on Kel- <laughs> every show. a
0: show. fucking prees, am I right? <laughs> Stop making great fucking records, guys. Um, or releasing them, I should yeah, say. Yeah. It's the band that makes the great fucking records. I... I'm just gonna go right on with this I love how antagonistic this album is from the get go. Yeah. Um it just hits the fucking spot. Yeah. It in really terms does. of heaviness and and complexity. Mm-hmm. The, I mean the opening song, I should say, is is called New Covenant, uh, and it's arguably the mathiest track on the record.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Um and as the opening track, you would think like bands would you know, save that for later on in the record, band like Ithaca's just gone, no, we, you are, we are throwing you in at the deep end. <laughs> Zero fucks given. Yeah, absolutely. I fucking love that attitude. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I, I mean, what what do you think of this record? Sorry, I've kind of taken the lead on this, <laughs> but we, we, we obviously, we mutually agree on records to bring to this show, but this is one that you immediately said
1: we are reviewing this. Yeah, I so, really love this. Yeah, I bet you do. Yeah. Um, it's uh, a melding of lots of different things that I really really like. Mm. Um, bands that I love like uh, Palm Reader and kind of like early Architects and stuff. Oh yeah, I've heard lots really of, about early kind architects? of more technical, well, metallic, on. hard. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think it, but it, it still brings something new to the table. I
0: think. Yeah, because I thought I, I I kind of went three tracks into this, and I I kind of thought I knew where this album was going. Sure. I mean, I really need to stop doing that. I as soon as I like I got three tracks in, I was like, I don't know where this is going. And then uh, there's a, a song called "Slow Negative Order" mm-hmm. that starts bringing in like these ominous choral elements. Coral, yeah. choral? Choral. coral, 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 coral. Is, um, like coral reef.
1: Yeah. 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 No coral is in. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, preferably nicer than that. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: but uh, and then immediately following that there's like this beautiful sort of ambient guitar interlude. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it called No Translation? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I yeah, as soon as I went oh, I think I know where this is going I just instantly went well that was stupid. Um <laughs> cuz yeah, it does definitely take some
1: left turns. Yeah, definitely. Um What's your favourite song? I think it's probably Slow Negative Order. Oh really? Yeah,
0: either that or the the lead single Impulse Crush. Um, yeah. It has those pinched harmonics in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that just make you feel uncomfortable. They're they're so unnerving. I kind of compared it to if you ever seen the film 127 Hours. Yeah. The the spoiler alert: the bit where he's trying to cut off his arm <laughs> and he reaches the nerve that he can't quite cut through, and it's yeah. that. And it does literally feel like someone's cut you open and is just <laughs> yeah. jabbing at your nerve endings. It is an
1: album that doesn't really let, like you said, you sort of thought you knew where it was going. Yeah, for and sure. Then it, and then it takes a completely different direction. It, it's not an album that lets you relax into it. It's yeah. uh, spiky.
0: For sure, yeah. There's, there's one other track I think actually would probably be my favourite as well, which I think is the track that you're about to say Guilt? Yeah, it's Guilt. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I've heard a few people say that it's their favorite song. Um I think that's probably true for me. Um it I like the way that that, that song kind of changes pace and intensity like throughout the song. Mm. I think it's it's um one of the only songs on the album that that changes that much within one track. Yeah, yeah. Um which is really really interesting and I think really hints at how much because as as fucking brilliant a, an opening statement as this album is, it doesn't sound like the finished article for commit, sure, for sure. Which I mean, what, what bands do on their first album, right? yeah. But um, that's a song that I think is a massive, massive showcase for the potential of this band. Well,
0: not, not to kind of bastardize their words, but our good friends over at the Right Act podcast, mm-hmm. um, they said that this is, you know, that it kind of made them feel like I believe they were saying it's. Like employed to serve on gray than you remember
1: yeah which is a which is a good comparison, which makes me like very like. which made them very excited for their warmth of a dying <laughs> yeah. sun for sure sure, <laughs> sure. um I um, think I love that kind of off kilter guitar sound um, and I've got here that like the kind of the final uh, moments of um impulse crush kind of sound like i don't know I guess like kind of maybe like a photocopier like bursting into flames like, and just like malfunctioning and like but in the best way possible. I love right? that. It, it those sounds coming out of a kind of a guitar is just it, yeah like, it properly goes ragged towards the end. It's great.
0: Well I think the thing that I love most about this album and you're saying about it not being the finished article yet, which is amazing, is the production on this album. Yeah. I think with these sort of records, you know, the the artists we were mentioning earlier, you're employed to serves, you're you your conjurers, your palm readers. Um, there's an almost cinematic sound to their heaviness. Yeah. Whereas this album it's not a cheap production. That's not what I'm trying to say at all, but it has a grittiness it's to dirtier. it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, it just has that extra crunch to the guitars. Um, and I'd really like to see what they do with a with a more cinematic production. Again, it's that step from grey than you remember to warmth
1: of a dying mm-hmm. sun. Yeah, because I think the um, the kind of clean, when clean vocals are used very, very sparingly yes, on this yeah. album, but, but when they are used, it it does, it does have that kind of same cinematic yeah. feel. It's just, there's a brevity to it. This has definitely justified their place as
0: one of the most hotly tipped heavy mm-hmm. UK acts right now. I think everyone needs to get on board with Ithaca. Definitely. Not just for music as well, but also what they stand for. They've been very vocal about their their ethos of inclusivity. I believe their lineup includes uh, members of various ethnicities, mm-hmm. Arab and Indian. I believe, obviously, Jamila Azuz, their uh, their front, uh, their front woman, mm-hmm. uh, has been so vocal speaking out about. You've seen this brilliant. Speaking of riot act earlier, you saw Stephen Hill's fantastic article yeah. about women in heavy music at the yeah. moment and did you see the follow up on I haven't read her, that yet, her but, taking um, down the internet trolls yeah, I it's, can't wait to uh, with, um, with Serena from Spellboard. Svalbard yeah. which the band we haven't mentioned is, is very similar again one of those bands that has that cinematic sound yeah, to I think they're, and they're a good comparison
1: because of the attitude they oh, have for well. sure.
0: And and while this is more of an introspective album, it's not necessarily political. Mm-hmm. They're kind of using their political opinion in different ways. Sure. You've seen those photos of Jamila performing in you know T shirts which just say in big letters stop supporting racist bands. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, that's just so fucking brilliant. Yeah. If you, if you want a further reference point for, for once you've gone and listened to this Ithaca album, if you haven't done so yet Definitely go and listen to the episode of the Just an Insight podcast that uh, Jamela from Ithaca was on, uh, hosted by a good friend, Tim Birkbeck. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, has some brilliant things about how she didn't feel initially welcome within the male-dominated yeah. hardcore and metal scene within London and how she kind of took a stand against that. Yeah, Very really inspiring command, story, and I love Definitely. to see a band... I know they've been around since 2015, technically, but a band this early in their career Mm -hmm. using the platform that they have and making their voice heard. I think that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, Um, Agreed. So that's Ithaca, The Language of Injury, and that's out now on the best label in the world, Holy Rule Records. Definitely not a sponsor. (laughs) Um, Next album. So we go from London uh, to Norway. Mm -hmm. Um, And... uh, The debut album from a trio from Oslo called Spielberg's. Mm -hmm. Um, The album is called This Is Not The End. Uh, And I have written here, um, I bloody hope this isn't the end. (laughs) Because as far as debut albums go, this is fucking
1: superb. Yeah, it really is. A super confident debut as well. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think in
0: this day and age, we've talked a lot about... Uh, you know even within the context of this episode about boundary pushing bands whether that's Ithaca or Mm Vane or you know employed to serve but I think it's equally impressive for bands to make just really simple and uplifting rock records Mm -hmm. you you said it in the albums of of 2018 special when you have Basement in your top 10 I believe yeah I believe it may have been the number 10 yeah um, and I've obviously said it loads of times about the Dirty Nill mm-hmm. um, Teenage Rest as well was, was Teenage Rest one. yeah yeah, that was another one that we covered in episode 0 I really love that album yeah, I've yeah. really grown to love it Um, I think that kind of hit instantly to be fair I don't know why say so I've grown to love it I've kind of always loved it Teenage
1: Rest yeah I think it is a little bit of a grower actually but, Yeah. oh um, yeah
0: it definitely grows on you but it's it's instantaneous enough. Sure. And this album's very instantaneous as well. Yeah. Um I love it when they really thrash out a chorus. Yeah. So second track on the album is called Distant Star. Yeah. Um and I think the best example of when they kind of thrash out uh, you know, a, a sort of maybe faster paced chorus in, in comparison to the rest of the record mm. is Bad Friend. Sure, yeah. Um and towards the end of the album, 4am, has some... I've been listening to a lot of older Manic Street Preachers stuff lately. Yeah, um, that's I, really good. Uh, w- uh, I listened to Gold Against the Soul for the first time mm. the other week. And uh, that kind remi- of 4am kind of reminds me of that era of Manic Street Preachers yeah. where they kind of go a little more straight up the middle hard rock. I'm yeah. not saying this sounds like generation terrorists. <laughs> at all um it has a little bit of punk to it but not nearly as much
1: as yeah Manic Street Pictures, I, had, I hadn't actually thought of that but yeah no say that and also you mentioned Distant Star I wonder if you'll agree with me but the kind of the way that it's kind of such a scuzzy sort of love song I got vibes of the excerpts kind of pre Hold On To Your Heart oh yeah i yeah, got that as I well if you're someone who was a fan of that
0: more like Scatterbrain era actually. sure yeah, yeah
1: yeah
0: for sure yeah um as much as I love it when they thrash out of chorus, I think my
1: favourite moments on this record are the more mid paced moments. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. You're talking about sort of maybe songs like Familiar and McDonald's Please Don't Fuck Up My Order, or is that? Um
0: popular? no, I wasn't no, that's necessarily kind of a slower. Yeah, that's yeah. more the sort of slower paced. Um I mean that, that song McDonald's brackets Please Don't Fuck Up My Order. Yeah. I mean, brilliant song title. That is sort of semi-instrumental yeah it's nearly eight minutes long and I think this is probably my only gripe with the record mhm because what I was going to say is that my favourite sort of uh, moments on it are the um, sort of more mid-paced moments in uh, like my favourite song on the record is uh, you all look like giants oh, ok where it just builds to this sort of skyscraper massive crescendo mhm um NFL again is another track which yeah. has just sort of builds on this really simple melody that sort of just cuts mm. straight to the heart, straight to the feels mm-hmm. <laughs> um, straight shot. And um I think when I listened to a song like McDonald's, Please Don't Fuck Up My Order, nearly eight minutes long, mm-hmm. but I was a little bit disappointed that it does very little for me. Really? And doesn't really go anywhere.
1: Yeah, sure. I think that is maybe the shoegazy aspects yeah. of those songs, and I think that that kind of music doesn't always go what? somewhere. No, <laughs> no, no.
0: Where it's an eight-minute song, I think I was just expecting a build, mm-hmm. a build to something massive, knowing how to it comes play very
1: play. out of the left field. Yeah, that song definitely.
0: And I think this is possibly my only gripe with the record is, is the structuring of it, because it goes from that McDonald's song into a song called Sleeper, which I actually prefer to the McDonald's song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very light and tender and, like you say, shoegazy. Um, But it's just the way that that eight, it's almost like an eight minute prelude mm-hmm. because it doesn't really go anywhere. And I'm like, well, if it's an eight minute song, I want you to kind of go a little bit You know, if the last two minutes is like as big as you all look like giants, then that would be the best song on the record. Yeah, but it doesn't, so it's not.
1: (laughs) But do 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 you think differently then? I quite enjoy that. I mean, I can I can totally see why you say that because it doesn't. There's there's no like precedent for that on the album. You know, it's very at odds with what's come before Mm. the tracks that have come before. But um, it kind of made me sort of sit up and be like, "Wow, okay, that's another side to them yeah. that they could potentially." I guess it is another feather to their bow. Yeah, you know, fair fucks to them for that. Yeah, but um, I I do somewhat agree with you that it that it almost sort of doesn't fit, you know, and it and it sits. If sleeper
0: was somewhere else on the album, if it was like the last track, mm-hmm. or or maybe like the penultimate track or something, if it wasn't those two albums directly one after the other. Yeah. then I may think about it completely differently about um, the summer. And again, if that McDonald's Please Don't Fuck Up My Order had that sort of build to a big crescendo... Yeah. I mean, this is all sort of small gripes about a fucking brilliant debut <laughs> yeah. album. I am very excited to see some of these songs live because the band yeah. are going to be playing 2000 Trees Festival. Um, they've just wrapped up a UK tour, I believe, which I missed out on, but... Yeah. Are um, they not? They are supporting Foxing as well, are they not? I think. I totally forgot that they're supporting yeah. Foxing, and we're going to go and have, have a lovely time in yeah. Brighton together, aren't we? Yeah, that, yeah. that's going to be a good life. That's going to be a lovely time. N- you know what I was saying
1: about the, the shuffle of my top 20 albums is, is Foxing is in there for sure now. Yeah, it's definitely an album that, that a lot of people I've spoken to is, has really grown. Yeah. It's definitely a grower yeah. of an album, yeah. For sure. But um, Spielberg's,
0: I mean. Having gone from knowing literally nothing about them, um, I am very very excited to see what they can bring in the future. This is a, and I think that's what's brilliant about it being a debut album is it's a brilliant statement of potential. Yeah, sure,
1: and just confidence, like having songs like the McDonald's song. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the McDonald's song. They're it <laughs> like it's the uh,
0: the fast food rockers. <laughs>
1: I'll tell you what that's what I like the reference I expected to be <laughs> <Hang on. laughs> If you um,
0: if you want to hear Spielberg's covering a Pizza Hut a Pizza Hut Kentucky Fried Chicken in a Pizza Hut <laughs> McDonald's McDonald's please don't fuck up my order a Pizza Hut <laughs> <laughs> That's the um. uh, that's the parental advisory version <laughs> that your mum wouldn't let you buy in MVC I'm still bitter about that. I wanted to buy the So Solid crew album in MVC when I was little, but my mum wouldn't let me buy it because it had the parental advisory sticker on it. <laughs> it definitely sounds like you're over it. You're <laughs> not holding on to anything. I'm not bitter about it. <laughs> not bitter about not having a So Solid crew album. Although I was allowed the uh, single of It's Going Down by Executioners featuring Mike Shinoda. Do you
1: <laughs> I don't not think I know that. Either.
0: Oh, dude, I'll play it to you later. Yeah, yeah. Rap rock gold, that one. <laughs>
1: um, that went massively off-piste. Yeah, it did. Uh,
0: <laughs> definitely go and listen to um, the debut album from Spielberg's This Is Not The End. Uh, Come out through um, good good friends of the podcast, actually, on the label By The Time It Gets Dark. It was their first signing, if I can recall. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So definitely mm. keep an eye on their output as well. So, while we're on the subject of awesome three pieces um friends of the podcast up next um i feel like i should stop saying that because it feels like people will maybe like think that we're not going to be totally unbiased in our (laughs) reviews of this when i say friends of the podcast i mean they've been on the podcast and as we spoke about when they were on the podcast i kind of grew up in the same local scene as these guys so seeing the places they've got to now in the last uh, in the last year or so, mm-hmm. is definitely incredible. Yeah, um, it's we're talking about Press to Um Brad, were you a fan of Miko at all?
1: Um, it took me a while to um, to see what it was about, you know. And so, um, in the kind of build up to the second album, mm-hmm. I saw them supporting Arcane Roots. Oh, okay, fantastic. And um seeing them live I was like, Oh, okay, that that's what it's about. Yeah. Cool. And then um obviously the album came out and I really liked the album and then I was fully on Did board, you see them at two thousand trees last year? I didn't actually, no, they, they were fantastic. Did they clashed with they must have clashed with someone, but
0: Possibly. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about their new uh six track E P. Mm hmm. Which is called quite simply Acoustic. <laughs> Um it is following on from their second album that mm. we were mentioning Here's to the Fatigue uh which was released last year it was just shy of my it was in the long list for my top 20. Yeah. Um I have a real love-hate relationship with these acoustic treatment releases.
1: Yes. Yeah, this is what I was going to say. You know As the well. the
0: redux or the the repackage releases. Mm. I think there there's
1: a certain degree of cynicism to them. There is there's also uh I feel the same way about them that I do when you get a deluxe version of an album that has like the demo versions or the yeah. way, live from what whatever versions. It's it feels a bit. I
0: feel like for it to work, you need to go above and beyond to do something a little left of center with the songs and almost completely rebuild them from the ground up. Sure. Um, so I think a really good example is uh, Lonely the Brave when they've done all their reduxes. Yeah. Um, Father Son as well put out an EP at the start of this year with a few sort of re-done tracks from their uh, from their last album, The Sum of All Your Parts. Mm-hmm. They kind of they reimagine them uh, to be sort of ambient electronica. Yeah, I really love it when people do that. Yeah, Kembridge did something
1: similar as well. Yes, as yeah, thought. the
0: landslide EP, yeah. the, the sort of the sort of parting gift of will yeah. from Mark Kembridge, brilliant example. Yeah. Um, I can't really think of many other contemporary examples. I think
1: one acoustic, you might disagree, but one that, that I really love, and I've, I've actually got it in vinyl, I listen to it a lot, is the Wonder Years um, Burst and Decay EP. Yeah. The, where they took the kind of punky,
0: Yeah, there's stuff. one song on there that I think uh, works even better as
1: an acoustic song. Um, I think They're There does but um i i,
0: like, what I, what I was mean was, i i love the original yeah full band version of dare there i can't remember the the song it was the, you took me all the way up here i could tell that i was a mag. oh don't let me cave in don't let me cave in thank you very much yeah i think that works even better as an acoustic song mm-hmm. um and also if we're on on that basis um are you a bombay bicycle club fan yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know we've talked about some indie bands that we like. I don't know if we talked about them before. When they released their second album, Flaws, which was yes. an acoustic album. Yeah. I mean that's fucking bold for a second album to yeah. be purely acoustic. Um, but uh, they had an acoustic uh, version of Dust on the Ground, which is on their first album, uh, and that acoustic version is better than the full band version. Mm. I don't actually. I think the original version of the song is the weakest track on the debut album, ah. and I think the acoustic track is miles better. It's absolutely, yeah, tons better by Country Mile. Yeah. Is yeah. what I was meant to say. <laughs> um, so, Prestamico, acoustic EP. I was very interested to see what they could what they could do with their. Didn't with their seem song.
1: like an obvious. Um, again, you might disagree, but. I kind of raised an eyebrow when I saw the Prestomiko were doing an acoustic Yeah, thing, I did too. They don't seem like there are certain bands where you think, oh, okay, if they're doing an acoustic thing, it makes sense. But Prestomiko, not one of those bands. Yeah, you know. I,
0: I, I definitely wasn't expecting them to do like a, an acoustic version of one of their heavier tracks, like yeah. Diffusion of Responsibility or something. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've always loved how bright and poppy Prestomiko can go I've always loved that balance between that technical crunch and mm-hmm. uh, you know especially their drummer Lewis who is a phenomenal dr- drummer and percussionist he just has this higher vocal range than the other members mm-hmm. uh, that just pushes the pop levels up really yeah. I think that's really built upon with this this EP for mm-hmm. sure um, I think this EP opens uh, super strong yeah Uh quick fix which is one of the heavier songs on his to the fatigue yeah um but on this acoustic ep it just kind of sweeps through you as opposed to like completely bowling you over as it does on 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 the album um they've just totally flipped it on its head
1: Um, yeah this is what i mean by when it's done well i think that's a great example yeah and i think when you i mean the quick fix like when you strip the songs like this back to their kind of bare bones and you make them acoustic, it yeah. kind of shows how fucking really well written and great yeah. the songs actually are when they still hold up in that in that different form.
0: When when I was looking at the track listing, I saw the song "Strangers" and I thought, oh, okay, I've not uh, I can't remember that song from either of the Prestamico records. Is this like a new song they've done? Mm-hmm. And then when it starts with the just like in the, room, <laughs> I was like. Oh, fuck! I totally forgot they'd done that, and I didn't realise it was going to be a Sigrid cover. But you know what? I'm totally all right with that. Yeah. When we're talking about pop music, that's great. Secret is well up there for me.
1: Yeah.
0: That stranger's song
1: is one of the biggest bangers of the last year. Yeah, I think they were quite brave actually. To yeah. Take it on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they've done a great job it. with it. Yeah, because the original was um, very, very electronic. Yeah. So They've really put their own stamp on it.
0: I I do think it opens super strong. I I think there are moments where they do fall into that, not really doing very much that's new with it. Mm-hmm. So I was quite surprised to see that they decided to pick a place in it all as one of the songs to give the acoustic treatment when it's already semi acoustic. Yeah. Um, I think the foundation of that song is you know acoustic, and this version just sort of. It does strip everything back a little bit more and, and kind of keeps it a very compelling song. I think it's the same as the last song on the EP, Autopsy. Yeah. Where they do build to these big full band crescendos and that doesn't necessarily have it as much on the acoustic EP, but mm-hmm. I don't really know what they're doing new with those yeah. songs. Yeah. So I don't know if they really are as worthy as a place on this EP as... Some of the others, Yeah, sure. for sure. Yeah. Um, I think uh, similarly. I mean, the other two songs on there, we kind of done a track by track of this. <laughs> that's uh, so, for so mi- short. Familiar ground, and yeah, exactly. That's the good thing of doing an EP. Familiar ground, and if all your parts don't make a whole, huge singles. But these acoustic versions, they don't do anything different for the song at all.
1: No, uh, yeah, I, I think I would agree with that.
0: Although, that said. I do like the way they substitute the double kick drums for like, uh, like double time, palm muted, like guitar strums.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I do it like shows that. like a commitment to the idea yeah. of actually doing the, these songs acoustically. Yeah,
0: at least they kind of keep the energy of the original versions of the tracks. Yeah,
1: I think the energy is something I, I wanted to point out for an acoustic EP. It still has a real energy, mm. you know, and a, and a kind of. Sing along kind of quality. Yeah, I would very much like to see them doing an acoustic set live. Actually, I know Appar- apparently it. it's been superb. Oh, um, right. Andy from Palm Reader, I think, went to go
0: and see them in Nottingham the other day mm-hmm. and said it was really, really good. Oh, uh, they're yeah. playing in Brighton, or they played in Brighton. Yeah, Probably played in Brighton by the time this has gone out. Yeah. But um, yeah, definitely need to go and see them do an acoustic set sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I this is the sort of release, like I said earlier, which would have left me super fucking skeptical um but uh, you know and i can i can sit here and and sort of confidently say that i wish they had done a little more to to reinvent some of the songs yeah on this ep but at least they haven't just sort of slowed everything down and made it
1: really wet and sure and sort of tepid i, I definitely think it's an interesting time for them to release something like this, yeah something like after their second album it you kind of listen to this and you think, oh wow, okay, they can they can do that pretty yeah. fucking well as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, which is pretty cool. Yeah,
0: for sure. So that's uh, Prestamico and their acoustic EP, which is titled Acoustic. <laughs> 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 um, uh, yeah, just brilliant musicians mm-hmm. and they were a right laugh on the podcast as well yeah. and it's awesome to see the, the brilliant <laughs> things they're doing when I used to go and watch them at Horsham Youth Centre. Um, Right, next up, we're going back to the albums now. Going back to a full length. And the debut full length from Queen Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's their self-titled um, A Liverpudlian Queer Punk Quintet. Yeah. Is what I had written down, I guess. You know? Yeah. I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, they, I'd say so. Formerly known as Queen Z and the Sass Tones. Mm-hmm. Um I first heard and, and sort of saw this band opening for Marmoset's
1: Uh, in Southampton last year were you at that show? no it was the same night Architects played Alexandra Palace I believe Uh, ah it was yes otherwise yeah yeah.
0: Um, I I remember going in with sort of no expectations of what Quincy would be like at Mm -hmm. all Um, and I was just fucking blown away with how in your face they were yeah Um, but at the same time there was a certain level of bombast to it yeah of flamboyance of sort of glam rock to it sure um, so I picked up a tape, I picked up a tape of like a, a sort of single that they'd made of Victim Age and Idol Crown, mm-hmm. both, both of which songs are on this record and certainly piqued my interest for a full length album. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to let you start on
1: this one, Brad. Okay. What do you think of, uh, Queen Z? Uh, my, this is my first kind of exposure to, cool. um, and, um. Yeah, I've got really kind of swept up in it straight away. It's super anarchic yeah. and anthemic, and um, just doesn't, when it begins, just doesn't really hang around. It just gets going straight away. Yeah. It's super kind of in your face. Yeah, like you said, in your face yeah. is, is something I'd definitely use to describe this album. Kind of really spiky and witty. Yeah, that's yeah. something I'd written down. Particularly, but at the same time,
0: really sincere.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: there's something very British about this record. Mm-hmm. It's very tongue in cheek, uh, and and there's real sort of razor sharp wit to it. Yeah, um, I mean, there are so many moments lyrically that you could pull from. It. I think it uses humour so definitely, brilliantly. Definitely. Um, The last song on the album, I Hate Your New Boyfriend, the opening lines to it are, he's got new shoes on that you bought him, and he wears them with a stupid grin. He says, hey, don't you think he looks like Court Cobain? I say, more like Courtney Love after she went insane. (laughs) It's fucking... It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are many lyrical moments I could... You know, no-one likes a Happy Meal after it's gone stale on on Lona, the opening track.
1: One thing I think we haven't actually mentioned yet is just how fucking catchy it is as well yeah like these songs have been stuck in my head for the last couple of weeks now for sure just, yeah um, it reminds
0: me a lot of that wave of punk bands from the sort of mid to late 90s into the early noughties that have a certain glam rock appeal mm-hmm. so I'm talking about bands like Rocket from the Crypt sure uh, The Distillers and mm-hmm. I suppose as a sort of byproduct of that Spinnerette as well mm-hmm. uh, Hole yep yeah. Um, I suppose, you know, for a more contemporary comparison, like thematically um, Latter Day Against Me Yeah, I think there are bits on this record which did, and I'm not just saying that because there's sort of a mutual theme of uh, gender dysphoria on this record, I believe and again, I apologise if I'm getting this wrong, but I believe Z Z their sort of front person who is just this amazing extraterrestrial sort of life form yeah. if you were so sort of uh, so stark and just completely in your face Yeah, I found myself completely encapsulated by their performance when I saw them. I haven't seen them live since unfortunately no. but um, you know I know that there are common themes between Against Me and Queensy in terms of gender dysphoria mm-hmm. um, and I know that's a common theme on this record uh, but, the band that this reminds me most of, and I'm, I, I'm wondering if your jaw's going to hit the floor with this, <laughs> Scissor Sisters. Okay.
1: Okay, <laughs> no, no, I, I can see
0: <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, if, you, if you look at the, the, there's a brilliant interview in the anime uh, with Z, where they were talking about how they wanted to kind of straddle both the punk scene and the drag scene. In Liverpool because the punk scene was hyper-masculine, and the drag scene because of their experiences with gender dysphoria they just didn't feel like it really fit for them so they wanted to kind of go somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. uh, and I think if you kind of I think that's what Sister Sisters tried to do with like glam rock like sure. 70s New York rock yeah and the and the sort of super poppy drag scene mm-hmm. If you take out that 70s New York scene and replaced it with punk rock, sure. I think you'd have a band like Queen Z. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, the, these songs, like you say, have been stuck in my head. There, uh, there's a song called Lucifer.
1: I was just about to come to this. I think one of yeah, the look- things that I really love about this song is how there's not a lot of bands around at the moment that, that poke people and prod people and wind yeah. people up in their music. No. And that is absolutely what,
0: what oh, they're, they're being doing. total shithouses on this record <laughs> at times. Yeah, but film. I
1: love it. Yeah. Um, I think another thing I was going to say is it's been mentioned quite a few times now on this podcast is that I I really don't like the overuse of the words important when yeah. you are talking about bands. And I think the the kind of the real reason that I don't like that is because when an album like this comes out. You should be able to say this is an important yeah. album, you know, and and that word not kind of lose any of its mm-hmm. meaning, you know. And I think this is an important album because representation in music is really important, yeah. And standing up for people is is really important.
0: Well, I they've just been on a UK tour, mm-hmm. and uh, the support on that tour was the brilliant. I told you I'd eat you. Oh, cool. Um, and I think those two bands, while quite different from one another, do have a sort of a common goal of trying to cultivate inclusivity within the scene, sure. but just in very different ways. Yeah, I think maybe I told you I'd try to take it from a more, and I'm not trying to say by comparison that Queen C is dumb or whatever, but mm-hmm. like from a more intellectual perspective. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I'd love I'd love the idea of Queen C just getting on a huge platform and just being antagonistic. Mm-hmm. And with
1: songs like this, yeah. they should be given a huge platform.
0: Um, yeah absolutely and like I say being antagonistic while sort of encouraging that inclusivity and just being almost these otherworldly creatures I think you'll get that when you see them live you look at their promotional shots and they just look like aliens Mm. Um, I really can't
1: wait to see this live actually
0: yeah yeah I'm really excited are they playing 2000 trees I mean they should be yeah (laughs) yeah no they should be book it (laughs) (laughs) So that's the uh, self-titled debut album from Queen Z. So it's another self-titled record coming up next, Mm -hmm. but uh, it's not a debut album. Oh, no, no it isn't. Uh, It is actually the self-titled sophomore album Mm -hmm. uh, from a band from Boston called Astronoid. Mm -hmm. Um, Can I just say before we start, I am baffled that this is a four-piece. Yeah. Um... I, I'd imagine there's maybe a bit of studio trickery. I can't imagine that they track this all live. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought so. No, I'd be baffled if they had. Um, y you know, as we were talking about earlier, we kind of mutually... That was a beer But by the way, guys. If that, I don't know if the mic picked that up, but I, I've definitely broken the seal. I've finished my beer. Um, I'm trying to drink less at the moment. Have I told you this? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I just... I mean, you've just ruined it for me, but... <laughs> No, it's fine. You know this is this is fun. I'm having fun. Are you having fun? Yes. Lovely. Yeah. Cool. Um, this is one of the amps that you kind of brought to brought to the table. Yeah. If you will. Um, so is this your first experience with Astronoid? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. How how did it kind of come to your attention? Um, I just kind of heard about the release. Okay. And um, had a little listen. I thought, yeah, that's something we should probably cover. It sounded kind of interesting. Right. Okay. Um, somewhat comparable to things we've covered. Yeah. Before, I think. Yeah. Um, what do you think of this? Because I kind of brought it to you, so you kind of. Yeah.
0: Um, this is tricky one for me. This this is. Um, I think, musically and sort of technically, I think it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And. I started listening to it and I went, oh yeah, this this is coming at like, the right time for me to love this. Yeah. Um, really reminds me of the more... So, um, when I looked up the map on Spotify, I should say beforehand, I was very intrigued to see that um, the first sort of uh, suggested artist and the fans also like is Merle. Mm-hmm. Um, Whose album we both had in our top twenties yeah. last year, um, yeah. and I think it delivers a similar level of intensity. Yeah. Um. But it kind of reminds me because I I know they kind of came from more of a black gazy background. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, I've not. Have you gone back and listened to anything? previous uh, I right. listened to the debut okay
1: only a couple of times right. and really immersed myself sure. in it in the same way yeah um Sounded quite similar.
0: I don't think this is the sort of music that you have to immerse yourself in. It kind no, of that's immerses true, you, whether of, yeah. you like it or not. <laughs> um, it reminds me more of the the sort of really euphoric moments on "Time Will Die and Love Will Bury It" by Rolo Tomassi. Yeah. Yeah, the song "Aftermath" or mm-hmm. or the ending of, of a flood of light, which, as we discussed, is my favourite song on that Rolo record. Um, there's an obvious heaviness to it. Yeah. I mean, their drummer, whose name I, I don't know. He's a real thunder bastard <laughs> on those um, on those double kick pedals yeah. uh, throughout this record, but at the same time, there's these these melodies and and vocals which are like all clean vocals. I understand they used to do a bit of you know like icy black gazy sort of shrieking, yeah. but they're all clean vocals now. Yeah. Uh, that just sort of take this stratospheric. Yeah, you know the term space rock yeah that like it's kind of been referred to by bands like Secret Machines over time I suppose we're talking about Black Futures on the
1: last episode you might want to call them sort of space rock yeah this is the sort of music that I would call space rock space metal maybe space metal yeah yeah, because yeah. um, it is very metal I think is. oh yeah, so yeah god
0: yeah. yeah while it has those amazing bright euphoric melodies mm-hmm. there is something kind of keeping it grounded and keeping it heavy yeah yeah um the, there is one problem I have with this record though, mm-hmm. and it's something of a big problem I have with it. Okay. It's got a bit of a one track mind. That's
1: exactly what I've got noted down really? Well. it. Really? It is very um, one note. Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't go to many places. No. It doesn't really go anywhere. No, no, exactly. Song, really.
0: and, uh, that's why I've kind of struggled to pick out individual tracks that I love. So, the thing I love about that Merle record, um, it's intense kind of all the way through, like this Astronaut record is, but what makes it kind of brilliant is how versatile Mm -hmm. it is. Um, My favourite song on the Merle album is the song Lambda, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, compared to the rest of the album, this beautiful sort of post rock kind of sounds a bit like Caspian and yeah. explosions in the sky level stuff, whereas I remember you saying your favourite track was the track that immediately follows it, which is called Ligament, which yeah. is this obscenely heavy much, much black and death metal, basically. Yeah. It's yeah. yet savage, like you say. Um, this just fleshes out one idea sure. for way too long, in my opinion.
1: You say flesh out, you could say stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stretches it across yeah. the the track listing. Yeah, yes. um probably outstays its welcome. I would say bit. so. I think it's a weirdly mid loaded record. Yeah, there's, there's a, a song tor-
0: in the middle of the record. Um
1: I the name bloody escapes me, but it's got sun in the name. Uh I wish I was there while the sun set. Yes. I think that is probably the best song. On the album, I it's breathe. just the best example of the one thing that they're doing, yeah. I think it's what it comes down to. Um, I also think Fault is pretty good, um, I kind of like the, the vocals on that, and Breathe kind of has this like kill switch engage kind of riff that it comes in <laughs> with. Um, and I've
0: been on a big kill switch kick lately, so
1: yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're great, yeah, but um. It's just kind of like the, the the more notable, more memorable tracks seem to come in a, in a kind of trio in the middle.
0: Yeah, although, in defence of the sort of opening of the record, I think I, I dream
1: in lines is mm-hmm. pretty sensational. Yeah, yeah, it's an odd album because while not at all in any way a bad album, yeah, and very impressive in a lot of ways. Um, I definitely found found it kind of washing over me the first couple of times I listened to it. Trouble
0: is, I think we 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 went into and in review kind of going, We want this to be a positive podcast and mm-hmm. kind of talk positively about music, obviously being critical at the same time. Yeah. Um, I I think this is definitely has its merits. Sure. It definitely has. You know, I'm in mean, fans of this
1: stuff couldn't do much better.
0: Than this. Oh yeah, as soon as I heard this I was like, oh yeah, yeah, this is definitely up up your, it's up your. my street as well and they clearly have an ability to create these moments of of sort of sonic beauty. Mm-hmm. From what I've listened to, because I went back and listened to their debut album Air, which came out in 2016, I went back and probably listened to the first half of it while I just had a few minutes to spare mm-hmm. and knowing that there's a little bit more variety on the on the debut record, yeah, the release really Um, I just know that they can. I know that they can do more.
1: Yeah, I've well, got you know, all the will in the their world. Second album, Yeah, so it's yeah. It's entirely possible that um, that they will do something else on the third. Maybe I'm not sure. I've I've got all the will in the world for them
0: to do that. I think the foundation is definitely there, but it, for the time being, I think you know there's just not enough variety, mm-hmm. and That's I'd say it really. gets to a point where. It almost goes a little bit power metal in places. <laughs> I, I thought at one point I was listening to like a fucking Dragonforce album, and that's not high praise in the, in the slightest. Um, it does sound like a really harsh thing to say. It's definitely not as as sort of uh, cheesy. Dragons in the sky. And, uh, uh, yeah, uh, definitely not that sort of thing. No, but it is very much. Uh, a sort of staring up at the cosmos. Yeah, very I think obviously. it's euphoric in a way that metal oh, isn't often. Yeah. yeah. Um, I heard one comparison to Devin Townsend. Uh, I don't know if you've really gone in on it. i not. not much. Sh- Devon, no, Devon I haven't. Townsend. Massively, no. Right, okay, yeah. He's quite the back catalogue. Yeah, catalog exactly. And to I think it's. it's stuff. Yeah, yeah, you kind of have to... I. I wouldn't be able to be the best person to bring no, it. Well, I'd be surprised if he had. drips and drabs. I would course. love you to listen to Ziltoid the Omniscient, which is his weird sort of uh, his experimental metal opera about an alien that demands the world's finest cup of coffee and then launches an attack on the Earth. <laughs> definitely putting that on the list. Oh, for sure, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do retrospective episodes at some point. Yeah, and we'll no, do Ziltoid cool. the Omniscient. Um, but anyway, Asteroid. Uh, yeah uh, the the foundation is definitely there for them to do something yeah, brilliant I, I think
1: recommended if you're a fan of this kind of thing
0: yeah for familiar. sure yeah. and that kind of thing being big stratospheric S- euphoric space metal yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I certainly can't say there's a lot of stuff that's like it no I would say that too but at the same time it's Taking an original idea and doing a little too much mm-hmm. with it.
1: Yeah.
0: Is that fair? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, Astronoid and Astronoid. Uh the self titled album from them. Go and check it out. Um Nows Something yeah. very, very different yeah. here. Uh while I said I was I was baffled that you know, an album like the Astronoid one came from a four piece. It's very believable that uh, "Young and Cool" by Wonals, their second album uh, from the Bristolian uh, trio, definitely comes from a three-piece. Mm-hmm. Um, this came out on Specialist Subject Records, and Wonows have got an interesting sort of history with Wonals in the way that I've seen them live quite a few times. In fact, the first time I saw them was just up the road in in Southsea at oh, the cool. at the One eyed Dog um, in two thousand fourteen, wow. uh, playing a festival. They've always kind of just been there Mm -hmm. for me. Been there on the festival bills, been there on the support slots, but I've never really gone fully in on their records. Mm -hmm. So with them releasing an album this month, I thought it'd be quite cool to, to delve into that opportunity a little bit. And it's also part of that scene of... You know, where it seemed like DIY Punk had a really good resurgence a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Bands like Happy Accidents and Monster sure. Girls and Fresh. Yeah. Great Cynics. Mm-hmm. Some of these bands, thankfully, you know, have stuck around. Some have kind of faded away. Um, Shit Present as well. I don't know if you remember the Shit Present EP from a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah, Yeah, yeah that was cracking. Martha, another mm-hmm. great example as well. Um, so it's very much part of that scene. Um What what do you think of this this record? Um Because it's the album it, it came out sort of later in the month. Yeah. Um and while it is god less than half an hour long, it's a very short record. Yeah. It's weirdly enough, the album I've listened to the least out of all the albums mm-hmm. we're reviewing today. Yeah, me too.
1: Yeah. Um and it like you say, very a brief album. Yeah. Um but kind of the, the polar opposite of what we were just saying about asteroid in that it kind of it covers quite a bit of different ground, I think in terms of the songs that you'll go from a, a real like fast anthemic yeah song to a much slower mm. song um kind of changes pace very quickly, but yeah has a, like a fluidity to it that yeah, I really it enjoyed. it takes a similar thing.
0: To, I'm not saying it's similar at all to the Queen's Eve or the Swimmer's Record in any way, but it has a British twang to it, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I think it talks about so many of the oh-so-relatable things in life. Mm-hmm. Um, social anxiety, mental health, not really fitting in. Um, these all sound like really sort of... Not depressing topics, but obviously very intimate and personal topics. But at the same time, it's so bright and yeah. and summery. Mm-hmm. I wish this record had come out in April or May, as yeah. opposed to in February, because I'm wondering if this album's gonna stick with me all the way through till then. I'd like to think it will, because I think this album's great. Yeah, but I think this will really come into its own in the summer.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right and um, when they start playing festivals I don't know what where they are playing this year but they're certainly definitely, playing a lot of festivals I would definitely like to see them I believe
0: they're playing a washed out festival in Brighton oh, cool. but uh, you know you'll always hear about on the on the DIY circuit doing these great support slots and
1: uh, yeah I mean I don't know if there's a lot to be said of this record Um, surprisingly kind of um, I, I don't mean to say surprisingly but, um, a lot of kind of noodly guitar work and a lot yeah. of great musicianship. Oh, on, yeah, for on sure. On display. Uh, it's sort of similar to what we were
0: saying about the Beths record on the episode zero. Yeah. Where we were saying about this sort of music, I think, a lot of people might sort of disregard as being oversimplistic.
1: Definitely, yeah. When
0: there is some genuine, like, class musicianship there. Yeah, yeah, and great riffs. And yeah. Oh, I love a riff. <laughs> um... There, there's a song. Uh, my favourite song on the record is "No One Else." Yeah. Um. There's, there's. I don't mean to keep reading off lyrics, uh, but what it was saying about, um, you know, the sort of social issues mm-hmm. that a lot of people face in this scene. Uh, there's a, there's a sort of paragraph. There's a verse. A paragraph. What am I on about? <laughs> um, I've got it written down as well. I uh, think, and <laughs> and all the boys in the band are just boring yeah. me now. All singing that shit they don't understand. Oh come on, let's change the world. Just as soon as we're done here, hit young girls. Mm-hmm. Um, it's said very sort of It's said with a very dry tone. Yeah. Um, reminds me a lot, and I don't mean to make, keep making comparisons to records we previously talked about before. But at the end of the day, it's not necessarily the most original record I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. But it does kind of remind me of that song, the opener by Camp Cope.
1: Yeah, I think it that's because of how kind of pointed it is, you know, how yes, direct yeah. it is with its. With oh its yeah, message. it doesn't
0: it doesn't mince its words in the in the slightest. No, no. Um, it's a very introspective record mm. and it's very self aware, but I think it's introspective in the way that you. I, I I there's there's a there's a forty second interlude or what I like to call emo lounge. Uh, jam on this record (laughs) called And Breathe, um, where it actually starts with uh, accounting and you just hear one, two, ah! (laughs) at the beginning of it. I just think it's those little, it sounds stupid, but those little human touches that really lift it. Yeah, it's very driven by personality and it's not introspective in the way that something like the Emma Ruth Rundle record Mm -hmm. from last year is. I'm not about to sit down to this record and weep with it like like I do with the Emma Ruth Rundle record um, so that's Nails mm-hmm. and young and cool uh, a young band a very cool band and a very cool album I would say one more record to talk about today mm-hmm. and it's very different from uh, we're saying it's been a very diverse month and I think it doesn't get much more different than this album we're going to talk about no um, this is from the band Health, mm-hmm. uh, spelt in all capitals. Yeah. So health. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it won't be said like that. How How else would you? Like, would you say it with more, more of a sort of more? Health. Unsure? Health. <laughs> uh, <laughs> health. <laughs> health. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> health. Um, with their fourth full length mm-hmm. album, as I understand, because it's called Volume Four. Uh, victims of fear, slaves of fear. It's like fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> Very metal. Slaves of fear. Slaves of fear.
1: Slaves of fear. <laughs> um,
0: that was full Judas Priest there, um, but this is not Judas Priest for sure. It's no. um, a noise rock group from Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. Um. They haven't released an album since 2015, which is where I first heard of them, but never really went in on them, because my good friends over at Hustle Records are big fans of this band, but they have still been very present over time. Um, They've been doing collaborations with Soccer Mummy, Mm -hmm. uh, with Perturbator, and and the band Youth Code as well, Mm -hmm. who are a very similar band to to Health, if anything is similar to them. (laughs) Um, I think this has a pretty strong chance of being my album of the year so far. Wow, I think this album is fucking sensational wow, okay um continue
1: Explain yeah yourself.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know um we had a few of these albums last year um where we we're talking earlier about when we went to go and see Mm Vane, about creating a certain atmosphere through electronics. I think it's something that is quite hard to nail, but when you do, you really nail it. Mm -hmm. We had a few albums that did that last year, a couple of which missed out on my top 20, but the Black Queen album, I think, did an excellent job of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, I think the thing that possibly draws the most parallels to this record is the Daughters Album that mm-hmm. came out last year, did you hear that at all? Yes, I did, yeah. yeah, what did you think of it?
1: um very atmospheric, yeah, um a difficult listen i couldn't listen to it without feeling slightly nauseous, yeah, which is why i didn 't break my top twenty because yeah, I had to kind of be honest and and be like, do I actually really enjoy listening to this? yeah, or am I doing it out of interest now
0: or or out of sheer masochism at some <laughs> yeah. point um. I think there's a contrast on this album between lush sort of dream pop almost yeah and modern R&B yeah um against these grotesque i mean proper hideous <laughs> industrial beats and these grinding sound effects yeah it opens so interestingly, um, Psychonaut is the uh, opening track and mm-hmm. it starts with almost like a spaghetti western guitar yeah. line and then it just goes into full on distorted
1: thumping pounding drums mm-hmm. which almost sound like something like a band like Sleigh Bells would do. Yeah, it does have a real like sledgehammer yeah. drum sound. Another band that does that when they're at their very heaviest is The Prodigy. Oh they yes, a there's some there's some big
0: beat here mm-hmm. for sure, um, and I know that there's a sort of uh, an earlier tie because this band have been around a little while, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know there is a tie, and I know it's a band that doesn't necessarily have the best name for itself because of certain events. But mm-hmm. uh, Crystal Castles. Yeah,
1: they've done tracks together, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, uh,
0: uh, I believe Health were involved in the debut Crystal Castles album yeah, on, yeah. on a certain track, but, but again, I don't think it's a band we really need to look at anymore after right. certain events came to light mm-hmm. um, the thing that stunned me um, again not judging something purely on gender but I honestly thought that these vocals were coming from a woman a female yeah, totally so right. I was very surprised to see that uh, there's actually a guy called uh, Jake Dusick mm-hmm. yep. uh, I probably mispronounce that name, uh, maybe it's Duchik or something. D U Z S I K. Um, he's got this brilliant falsetto to his voice yeah. and a sort of ethereality.
1: Yeah, and a really sort of androgynous kind y- of Yeah, androgynous
0: um, is a great
1: word to really I've got that it's cyborg like at times yeah. as well, It's not always human. Yeah. You know.
0: Sounding. Almost um, you know, making reference again to Crystal Castles but Alice Glass yeah. like qualities yeah. or or artists like Grimes mm-hmm. or uh, Banks or yeah. various other uh one worded uh <laughs> or or what's the what's the word? Uh mono uh, Syllabic. Not monosyllabic, oh, uh Mono pseudonymistic, or I've never heard this word. One named <laughs> artists um <laughs> Yeah, sort of those those sort of artists. I think the best example of of Jake's vocals contrasting with the the darkness of the rest of the music is a, a song sort of fairly on the album called Godbotherer. Mm-hmm. Um, again, uh, you know, just like you said, really androgynous, really otherworldly, mm-hmm. uh, and and very beautiful in that sense. Yeah. Um, but then the synths and the and those sledgehammer
1: drums being very oppressive yeah there's these like really sort of jabbing kind of flashes of white noise all mm. the way throughout the album as well that, that yeah. really hard
0: there's a song later on the album called um, Strange Days mm-hmm. brackets 1999 mm-hmm. uh, where it's basically the drums are just like a machine gun going off yeah always kind of took Took me to like some of the heaviest stuff I've ever heard. Yeah. Like last time I heard like a machine gun going off on a record with that Anala crack record yeah. that came out last year, yeah. and it was of a similar heaviness to that. Obviously, very different. Sure. We're not talking about a grindcore album here. <laughs> um, uh, I think there's a song, uh, my favourite song possibly on this, apart from Godbother, is the song that immediately follows it called Black Static, mm-hmm. um, which is driven by this. Ominous uh, chugging guitar loop, mm-hmm. and have you ever heard the song uh, "Crucifixion in Space" by Marilyn Manson? Uh, I don't
1: think it's, so. It's I've on Holywood.
0: That. It's an album track on Holywood. Can't recall. It very, if I have. very similar sort of ominous feel to it with mm-hmm. the with the loop of the just the single chug of guitar. Yeah. Um I yeah, I've kind of I've kind of taken the. Um, taken the, the lead on this so um, how, how, do you, how do you feel about um,
1: it? Maybe not as overwhelmingly positive as you okay. surprisingly because this is very much in my wheelhouse I, I listen to um, a lot of electronic, I don't know if yeah. you've spoken about that but yeah, I do listen to yeah, a lot yeah. of, kind of hip hop and electronic music mm. um, as much as I listen to anything else um, I don't think it's doing anything wholly original Okay. Necessarily, right. Um, I think the vocals are maybe the most kind of original thing they have. Yeah. Going, which is really really cool, but I do really really like it, and I can see myself listening to it. Um, Feel nothing is my favourite song. That's the so that's the second track, isn't yeah. it? The sort of lead single, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, again, it's very, very tr- simple, chugging, kind of distorted guitar. Yes. Yeah. But exactly. it's incredibly effective. Um, yeah. Quite an intense record and I think for some people if this isn't your kind of thing I think it would be a real slog because it's pretty relentless. Yeah I mean I realised the
0: first time I was listening to this was in a, uh, I actually did the food shopping listening to this record the first time (laughs) and I didn't realise that actually had the album on shuffle. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I looked at my phone to sort of check the time, and I realised I was like, oh, it's nearly at the end of the album. No, just the phone was on shuffle, and it was playing a track towards the end. Yeah. And actually, when I started playing it in in the in the intended order, mm. it is a bit of a slog. That's for sure. Yeah. It's not necessarily
1: the longest record. No. But it is full on. Yeah. It has kind of a cool, like almost soundtrack quality well, which is they interesting have to video on, game yeah. soundtracks don't they and yeah, you're and, um, much more of a gamer than i am yeah i believe they did the entire soundtrack um i can't recall which game now but it is max, on their max to Payne 3 okay yeah i believe and they, they did, did a track for atomic blonde the Charlize Theron kind of was action it a thing?
0: cover of blue monday by new order
1: Yeah, like a sort of, yeah. Or like a reinterpretation of of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It
0: was quite a loose cover, if I Mm -hmm. can recall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is the first time I've really gone in on a a health album. Yeah, me too. But reading stuff around it, I've heard that this
1: is heavier than they've gone before. Yeah. I'm very, very interested to go back into their back catalogue and listen to it now, actually. Um, I think, from what I've read, their albums are normally a bit more kind of diverse and Euphoric than this.
0: Is the sort of is the the diversity or the 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 sort of lack
1: thereof in your eyes a sort of problem for you with this record? No, but um, no, not not for me necessarily. But I think looking at it just critically. Yeah. If I'm sort of critically analysing the album, it it's not experimenting. Yeah. Very much, and it's not doing. Very much different, right? But okay. I, ha- I happen to really, really love what it is doing. I,
0: I love how it's still throwing me off guard. Mm-hmm. I think that's the reason it possibly you know, we talked about the puppy arm. I think the puppy arm is brilliant, mm-hmm. but I already knew that it was going to be brilliant, yeah. And it is just straight up instantaneous, great, love it, yeah. Uh, this is growing on me with each listener. I I've listened to it about
1: 10 times at this yeah. point, yeah. It'll be interesting to maybe come back to this because I, yeah. I may be eating my words in a, in a few months' time. Maybe you know, as I because I will stay with this record. Yeah,
0: although I'm scared to listen to it alone at night, outside <laughs> if I'm like walking home from a late shift or something.
1: Yeah, it's got that. It's got that ominous feel. <laughs> yeah. I've actually had to feel nothing on one of my playlists for when I walk oh, around really? because it's got that sort of stump. OK, yeah, it's got a good walking pace yeah, to it, has, but at the same yeah. time, I'm worried
0: that I'm going to be listening to that song and I turn around and there's, like, Momo. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although that just looks like, uh, you know, that scene in Beetlejuice, they're like, oh, so what are you going to do to be scary? Yeah, that's what I, I thought it was. was f- exactly, yeah, 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 that's what I thought it but was. it's some sort of
1: sculpture, Yeah, he's sculpture of some sort.
0: Of yeah. yeah, I think if, I, if they said, oh, OK, so how are you going to scare them as a ghost, I'd probably just smile. <laughs> or I'd maybe give him like the, the I'd just make the noises I was making earlier about the vein show just rub my thighs a little bit <laughs> oh oh that'd scare him out of my house <laughs> like yeah fuck off I mean it's making me once to get out, <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> um so yeah so that's um that's health mm-hmm. um with volume 4 slaves of fear yeah. um yeah, my I would say that's a fair bet for my album of the year so far. Awesome! That's I'm very cool. I'm very excited to to revisit this one later on down the line. Yeah, me too. Because even with this start to the year, I think I'd be pretty baffled if I wasn't talking about it again at a certain end of year podcast. Mm-hmm. So let's just do a quick roundup of all the albums that we've we've spoken about today. Yeah. So uh, we started with Berkeley's On Fire by Swimmers, mm-hmm. uh, sort of alternative pop. Rock with.
1: Indie punk. Yeah,
0: almost indie punk uh, tendencies and uh, callbacks to original post punk and and a certain British tendency to Summer vibes. Yeah. Um, Ithaca, the language of injury. Mm -hmm. uh, Fast, nasty, technical, uh, bastard heavy, uh, hardcore. Yeah. Um, But with real moments of beauty. Mm hmm. uh, Buried sort of deep in it. Yeah, you've got to work for them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it's on Holy Raw, which is a great label <laughs> that we're not sponsored by. Um, Spielberg's. This is not the end. Mm-hmm. Great, simple, uh, alternative rock. Mm-hmm. Tons of distortion. Tons of huge choruses. A little bit of nineties on it, but still sounding contemporary. Yeah. Um, just great. Yeah. Um, Press Tomiko and their acoustic EP. Uh, which is acoustic. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, building upon those popular elements of Prestamico's yeah. uh, genre mashing sound, uh, and also containing a brilliant cover of Sigrid's uh, Strangers, mm-hmm. and altogether just being a really lovely time yeah. to listen to. Uh, Queen Z, mm-hmm. uh, with their self titled debut album, uh, Snot Nosed. Uh, androgynous antagonistic uh, garage rock with tons of punk all over yeah, it yeah super catchy choruses super catchy and a bit of glam rock bombast and flamboyance in there as well yeah uh asteroid with their self titled uh second album uh go big or go home yeah. uh stratospheric euphoric space metal is yeah. the term that we gave it earlier yeah uh, very sort of intensely melodic, but still with a sort of grounding in heavy. Have we music. coined
1: a one of those sort of genre terms? Have we coined space metal? Do you think? I don't think we have before. If if space metal is something we've coined, then that's has great. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Trademark.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Woneals, young and cool, uh, very sort of bare boned, uh, introspective. Um, Power pop, I mm-hmm. suppose you could call it. Yeah. Uh, with loads of great musicianship, but uh, at the same time, just really great simple choruses mm. that talk about the the important to know so relatable things in life mm-hmm. and just make you feel a little bit happier about them, <laughs> um, knowing that you're not alone. Mm. And then finally, uh, health, with volume four, Slaves of Fear, uh, imposing... Rather overwhelming and immersive uh, industrial noise rock mm-hmm. uh, lifted by this ethereal poppiness and, yeah. and modern R&B vocals, I mm-hmm. suppose you could refer to it as. Yeah. Uh, very ethereal, but at the same time very dark and very, um, well, like I said, imposing. mm mm-hmm. So, those are the ums that uh, we've talked about on this podcast, as you have gathered, by listening to the very end of it. Uh, Brad, uh, plug your Twitter for a second. I you want to shake my hand. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, please, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I did that. We're not on video. Maybe we should start doing that. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> At Brad underscore Thorn. Have Come you got anything cool
0: coming up in the next month that you want to plug? Uh, no. Cool. Absolutely that's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter at Danny underscore Random, and we're also uh, on Twitter at Bitchin Brewcast. Uh, don't forget to share this episode with your friends. Uh, hashtag Bitchin Review playlist. Uh, playlist. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something to plug. We're starting to do a playlist now for each episode. So we're taking three of our collective favourite tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, from each record and we're bugging them on Spotify so you know we know how busy you are we know leaving you with eight records to listen to is going to be a bit of a slog so if you just want to get a taste of each record see what you like then you can hear three tracks from each record just search Bitchin Brew on Spotify there's a profile there you can subscribe to I also do monthly playlists and uh, we've had a couple of playlists in the past that our guests have curated Mm -hmm. and we're going to start doing that a little more with future guests of the main Bitchin Brew podcast which is A podcast about music, life and everything in between. Going to be recording some more and slightly different chats Mm. uh, coming up. Uh, Certainly not the sort of normal band guests that you would have. Maybe some slightly more left of centre from whatever the norm is on Bitchin' Brew. (laughs) Uh, But some more of that is coming up. And we will see you on the Bitchin' Review uh, Well, this time next month. Where, oh my god, it's a mad month for releases in March. Yeah. We've got Weezer, we've got While She Sleeps, we've got American Football, we've got Venom Prism. Mm. Uh, what else have we got? We've got Those loads and of dads. yeah, loads, loads, loads of records. Uh, we've got Brutus, mm. uh, we've got Angel Dust, we've got an EP from The Exerts, We're not going to be co- able to cover all of these, nah. um, but uh, yeah, mad month for releases in March. So get these, uh, get listening to these February releases now, and, and brace yourself for the busy month ahead. Uh, we will see you this time next month we'll be talking about some of those releases Uh, say goodbye to the boys and girls Brad, see you on the flip side see you on the flip side, there we go thank you very much folks, cheers for listening to the Bitchin Review bye bye